Hello, welcome to our webinar at the Happy Startup School. Today, we're going to be talking to Dirk Biskoff about how to partner with corporates when you're running a mission-driven business. Now, one of the things I was just talking to Dirk about is like, what you know, what is it? What's kind of the, the, the outcome that we're looking for and from a personal experience and what we're trying to do? I think we're trying to scale our impact without necessarily scaling the size of our organizations. Because when you scale the size of your organization, me and my perception, you scale your headache. So how can we leverage these partnerships to, to really to, to broaden what we can do and to make a more positive impact out there in the world, given our, our individual missions? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just start off with uh, just talking, well, introducing Dirk or getting Dirk to introduce himself. So uh, Dirk, who are you? What, where have you come from? I ask myself that same question every single day. <laughs> um, I'm Dirk, I'm CEO and founder of Hatch Enterprise, and we are an organization based here in South London, and we're helping entrepreneurs and startups to come up with an idea. We help them from ideation to testing, to growing and scaling. Cool. And yeah, very excited to be here. And of course, we're also a member of the Happy Startup School. And um, as such, we're really keen to connect with you as part of our community. And it'd be nice to give people who are watching a bit more context. How did you get started in, in, in starting the hat? What is it that drew you to do, building that? So as they say, it's been an overnight success that was 10 years in the making. In that case, I'd say it's 14 years. So um, I've always run um, either mission-driven businesses or social enterprises since um, I was about 24, always wanting to, to make an impact with the kind of work that we're doing on people or the environment or both. So um, Hutch is now my, my third social business and um, it's been over the years that I've helped more and more people to set up an organization and I felt like I was repeating myself with the kind of um, advice we were giving, with the kind of support we were putting around it. So at some point in 2012, 2013, we said, let's find out what support is out there. And the, the key thing that we saw in the commercial sector was incubators and accelerators often being funded by venture capital um, or, or, or large scale funds to run those programs. But we thought there's something, the support is great. The support is vital for entrepreneurs to get off the ground. However, we felt that many of the businesses that we wanted to help were not at that stage of wanting to actually attract investment, but they wanted the help and the support they needed to get off the ground. So uh, we set up Hutch as our intervention here in South London and London to help people with, say, place-based businesses. These could be coffee shops, these could be you know, food businesses, relatively normal businesses to get off the ground. And that's been our journey now for the last three years, three, three and a half years. Brilliant. So um, talking, well, you shared earlier on the, the Facebook, on the, the Summer Camp Facebook group about how uh, by partnering with corporates, you've been able to grow the impact of what the Hatch is doing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we were talking about previously as well is like when you are an organization or a business and you've got that product or service that now you just need to grow and essentially scale, how do you go about doing that with corporates? It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to know how you did it and how you see that path working. Mm -hmm. So in, in a way we've looked at, um, like we take the business model canvas and value proposition canvas quite serious. So um, 
it, you know, we, we base all our, our programs, we base the support on, on those methodologies. And we had to find out who are our customers. And we realized, yes, the entrepreneurs are our customers. But at the same time, we saw a demand from a completely different um, world, which were corporate partners who wanted to become our customers because they had opportunities that they couldn't exploit by themselves and they wanted to partner with us. So um, we're now seeing both our entrepreneurs and corporate partners as customers. And as such, we want to deliver a valuable service to both. And ideally, through Hutch, we want to now bring those two closer together. So is it the corporates want to innovate and they want new ideas? What is it in, what's in it for them? So generally for a corporate, they, there's around four different things that they're generally looking at, at doing. They would either want to rejuvenate corporate culture, say they want to be less stuffy, they want to um, bring entrepreneurship inside um, their four walls or however many walls they have. So they want to be more entrepreneurial, their staff to be more entrepreneurial. So this could be developing um, the mindset of an entrepreneur in either senior management or all the way down, um, depending on what business they're in. Um, quite often, it's also that um, large brands or large, large corporates want to um, be seen to be doing something innovative or they actually want to do something more innovative. And sometimes they're finding it hard to think outside the box themselves. So they could um, partner with other businesses or other startups that may be more innovative, faster to react, faster to respond, and bring that expertise and capacity in um, into the, the mix. At the same time, um, the, the third thing is that um, maybe they have a specific um, business challenge. So they want to solve business problems um, quicker and at lower risk. That's another opportunity for them to, to partner with a smaller, uh, more nimble um, enterprise. And the fourth thing could be that they may want to um, expand into a new market. This could be a new market segment or it could be a completely new market. And they could work with an existing you know, small business, for example, that's already active in there to um, learn what they've been doing and to share, you know, to share resources, share capacity, share expertise, basically. So those are the four, the four main reasons why corporates may want to partner with a smaller business. Brilliant. Uh, and then on the flip side, so you're a mission-driven business, and I kind of alluded to one potential need. What is it? What's in it for you? So we we definitely see ourselves as two things. Number one, we're still a startup. We are three years old. Um, we are a mission-driven business in that we are here to help entrepreneurs to to grow and scale their own organizations. So we are we're somewhat of an in-between. Um, however, what we what we can bring to our corporate partners is that we have lots of contacts with entrepreneurs and we can definitely tick the first box. So helping a larger corporate um, be more entrepreneurial by having their staff work with our entrepreneurs, for example. Um, so this could be that you have somebody who's um, in a senior management position at a large corporate and they generally have extra time that they can give away often through volunteer days. Sometimes those are one days or, or two days a year that they can go and do anything. And we basically ask whether they would like to um, mentor um, or coach one of our entrepreneurs where they can use both their expertise, their skills, and their network to, to help that entrepreneur or that business um, to get to the next level. That's something we've been doing already in the, like, since we started. And um, we're realizing that many, um, many people in large corporates, they 
they may not always have been there. They may have had entrepreneurial journeys themselves, or they're very passionate about helping a small business. So quite often you can find advocates um, in some of them and they will, you know, they will be able to open doors as well as adding expertise and resources to your business. So that's, you know, that's one avenue around um, engaging, engaging um, with a larger business. But then there's also um, an opportunity to help them, like many large corporates, they want to make a difference in the world, um, either directly through the way that they um, conduct business or they have um, corporate social responsibility slash CSR departments that have a particular cause that they want to address. This could be literacy, um, this could be um, this could be um, getting rid of waste or food waste. This could be all all kinds of different um, things that they want to make a different difference on. And that's where we see that um, emission-driven business, if they align with what the corporate may want to address as their challenge, that's where they can partner. Cool. And so, for the mission-driven business, what what are the considerations they need to take on board when? when thinking about that as a, as a route to, to helping them move forward? Mm -hmm. I think there's, um, there's definitely something around fit, like cultural fit and a value fit. So um, like a, a large business can, can seem like a, a big black box, but often the people who are in charge of say the CSR department, they will know, they will know very well uh, what their mission is that they want to um, fulfill. So often you can, you can read um, a large business CSR report, you can see what they care about, you can see what they're passionate about and where they want to make a difference. And if that um, aligns with what you want to do as a mission-driven business, that's a good um, starting position to reach out to them and say, hey, I, like, you know, I know that you want to do X, Y, and Z for your business. I know that you want to have a specific impact. Our organization does exactly what you want to do but on a, on, a, on a local scale on, or in, in a specific market, or you can, you can basically have a conversation around what they want to do and what you're already doing, and then see if those two things connect. Cool. And so it sounds like um, as the mission-driven business, being very, very clear about what you need and what you want and what you stand for to become a filter for who you partner with. Definitely, and it's very important to um, it's very important to know who you are and what your business is, and um, also to ask yourself what what you would like to get out of it. Because you know both sides will have objectives, both sides will have an agenda. So the clearer you know uh, what you want to get out, and the clearer um, you understand um, the opportunity for yourself, the better you're able to present it to them. So it's really important that um, the entrepreneur or the mission-driven business. Um, goes in there not as an um, as an equal partner. Both sides can win. You know, it's a win. It's a win. You know, there is a win-win scenario. You, you should strive for. It's not. It's not an unequal. Um, like you know, many people would see it as an unequal um, partnership, maybe. But that's never how we approach it. We always go in and say, "You offer something. We offer something. Can we meet in the middle and offer something that's of even higher value if we would get together?" So there you talk, it sounds like you're talking about real clarity of what you need and there's what you need as an organization, but I'd also think also what you need as a founder, as a leader of this organization. Um, how do you want that relationship to carry on or to, to evolve so that 
you as a person still want to be in the business that you're running? Um, as the as the founder, and often as your as your business grows and your team expands, like for example, at the moment we have we have five corporate partnerships that are being um, worked on by all of us as a as a team, with somebody looking after, say, the a mentoring relationship with somebody else. Um, uh, brokering relationships with uh, a law firm that our entrepreneurs have free legal access to um, pro bono lawyers or pro to pro bono legal access um, to pro bono legal support. So there's all you know, like we can we can break them up into into work streams, or we can break them up into activities. And there's quite a lot of things that you can do with a corporate partner. Um, it could be it could be one of it could be one of um, events. It could be like a hackathon. It could be sharing resources. It could be getting business support from them to you um, or vice versa. Um, all the way down to um, collaborative and cooperative product or service development. Like we've seen, we've seen everything, um, including um, investments. Like if, you're, if you were to test a, a new product or a new service with a corporate partner, um, as the founder, you, you are in the, you're in the lead. It has to come from you. You have to be passionate about it, and you you have to see an opportunity. Say, if if I was to go down to uh, um, to Marks and Spencer, and I realize, hey, I know that you know hundreds and thousands of sandwiches are are thrown away every single day. Um, here's an opportunity for us to make use of those sandwiches by picking them up in the in store and taking them either to homeless shelters or the rest of it. You know, we have the supply chain, the infrastructure to make that happen, addressing both um, food provision to, to homeless shelters. Um, and the way we do this is we would like to have, you know, support from you to do, to do this activity, but we can also get other support for people who are passionate about solving the homelessness crisis, for example. Brilliant. No, I like that. And I think what I heard from you as well, so get creative with how this partnership can work really tap into all the possibilities and put that out there as, as what you, what you, how you'd like to make that relationship go forward. Absolutely. I think it's quite essential to, I mean, again, like we see our corporate partners as, as customers. So we want to definitely also provide something valuable to them because otherwise there's, there's no point just entering in another partnership if there isn't, if there isn't value. So be quite clear of what the value is to them. Be quite clear on what the value is going to be for you and how that is going to um, either grow or scale the impact that you've decided and set out that you want to make in the world. Brilliant. So I just wanted a quick uh, interlude here, just say if you've just joined the webinar through the, in the last 10 minutes, um, please say hi. Uh, there is a chat facility on the Zoom call. If you're watching via Zoom or if you're watching via Facebook, please post a comment on the Facebook page. And also there's a Q&A channel on the Zoom platform where you can send questions to myself or Dirk and we'll look to answer them afterwards. And also there's on Facebook, please just post a question as a comment there. So what I'd like to get on to next is actually, so we thought about you, um, how that relationship could work, knowing what value you're going to provide the, the corporate or what they need as a customer and what you need is also as a, as a part of this relationship. Um, have you got any uh, examples or ideas or pointers about where it can get unstuck or what you should think about? Maybe before that, um, maybe how to start it. Uh, so generally, um, 
because large large big businesses they are like black boxes so what's usually quite essential is for you to find somebody in that big business that uh, you know or you can you can get to know them and to have a conversation with them um, whether they are in the right department or not it almost doesn't matter um, because ultimately they can connect you to, to the to the people that you want to know uh, or want to get to know so if you want to uh, get to know somebody in their supply chain management um, it's fine to speak to anybody that you may know or that your friends may know who works there and say hey I'd love to get to, to know somebody in the supply chain management or, hey, I'd love to find somebody who works in the innovation department or in product development, whatever it is. Um, so quite often to do this, I mean, for me, I use LinkedIn quite extensively to either um, see who I know already in such a big business or if I know one of my connections who knows somebody and then either ask for an introduction or ask for, you know, or just simply um, connect with them and say, hey, uh, this is me. This is what we're doing. I'd love to have a coffee with you or um, a you know, phone call um, to talk about X, Y, Z. And that's quite often an easy way um, to get to know somebody that you think you could, you could or want to have a relationship with um, to, to get your business partnership off the ground or at least to explore it. Because it's, you know, this process generally can take anything from three to 12 months before something gets off the ground. So it's definitely, you know, um, it, it definitely takes time. It's, it, it is a time investment. So that's what I'm saying. You have to be quite clear that you are a fit to get to start with, um, that you have the right um, connections to, to get this off the ground, and that you can quickly speak to somebody who can also make a decision on, um, on such a proposal. Excellent. So, so it sounds a lot about building the relationship first. Absolutely. I mean, relationship building is really essential and um, so for us we we've always been looking for for mentors so whether we had a relationship with a large business or not if we knew somebody who was there and we we knew they had certain skills and we could leverage them into uh, one of the businesses we're working with we would go we would go there and say hey would you like to mentor with us and then that relationship may take anything from from three to six months and if they finding it valuable they are quite often they are quite often becoming your champion in a large business and saying, "Hey, I've worked with them now for three months, six months. This is what I got out of it. Could X Y Z department or could you that you're running this department have a have a, a chat to them uh, and see what else we can do? Can we give this opportunity to more people, for example, or what could we do with it?" So you don't always have to go in with a sale or with a, a specific project. It's almost like and we call this our flirting period. And that flirting period could be, as I said, anything from three months to 12 months or longer, just to, to get to know one another and see if you're actually a fit. I like that analogy because I think when you are talking earlier, you are talking about values and values match. Uh, we, there's a similar kind of uh, uh, analogy we use when you're finding a co-founder. Um, unless it's love at first sight, which is, you know, some of us are lucky to have that. <laughs> Yeah, it's rare. That, you have to have that dating period, and it's that, that time of just getting to know each other and understanding where, it, how, how, what, understanding each other. Mm -hmm. and I, thought, I like your idea about small commitments first. So rather than the big sell, how do you build that relationship through just working with each other on a small scale? Yeah, it's testing. Like for us, again, um, 
this is the same that we teach our, our entrepreneurs, test things out, you know, run structured experiments in some way, shape or form, figure out, you know, this is what we're putting in, this is how we're going to measure if we, if we were successful. And once you've, once you've um, delivered on something, see whether you've made an impact, whether you've achieved your aims and objectives, and then either go back to the drawing board and redesign it to make it better, or say, hey, this worked really well, let's just continue and scale it or grow it. Brilliant. And, um in terms of how you've seen people not do it right, you kind of mentioned going, if you go in too hard with a hard sell, it might not work. Is there anything else people should watch out for doing? Uh, mission drift is obviously always a big, um, a big issue. So especially if you're a small, um, a small business um, or a small mission driven business, um, once you start to work with a with, with one big partner, it's quite easy for them to say, "Hey, we're going to bankroll your operations. We're just going to, you know, we're just going to be your exclusive partner." And then, quite often, if they change course because you know maybe fifty or more percent of your turnover is reliant on them working with you, um, and once they change course, guess what? <laughs> you're going to either change course or, or or fold because you're so um, dependent and reliant on them. So it's always good to keep things in a in a manageable uh, in a manageable manner um, that um, you either have lots of um, such partnerships up and running or you have um, you have quite clear boundaries so you so mission drift um, doesn't creep in uh, but it's 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 always uh, it's a tough one obviously Hi. yeah relationships breaking down I mean we do see challenges with. Uh, either partners or, or larger businesses as uh, as part of that relationship building because you, you know how, how can you ever build a strong relationship if you've not been through both ups and downs together so it's it's a way of getting to know each other better even so it sounds there when you were talking earlier if you've got that strong values match and you're quite transparent about your aims and goals it would be easier to navigate those challenges Absolutely. Brilliant. Um, do you have any examples of um, businesses that have done this? I think there are many examples. Um, maybe not to, to cite one that's, um, that's not us, for example. Um, there are a lot of, um, a lot of organizations say, um, so Pearson's group, Pearson, the, the publishing the publishing group has recently partnered with Unreasonable, um, a US-based um, um, intermediary incubator accelerator, and they want they want to make a difference on literacy and literacy rates around the world. So they are basically going around trying to find the most innovative literacy-based projects or businesses that can make a real impact on um, you know. On literacy itself, like you know, reading rates across the world, or especially in, in countries where where it's still a problem, and um, here you have an education provider, uh, which is Pearson. You have an intermediary, for example, and you have lots of innovative startups that can all of a sudden either get funding, test their test their business models, uh, but also all of a sudden have access to a huge corporate uh, with lots of lots of um, resources behind it in a very specific and narrow field. Um, to make a big difference in both digitally and um, through print media, for example. So um, that's a, a good example, I think. But there's many other uh, local ones I could give. 
So just taking that specific one and kind of um, using the framework of what we were talking about before about what does the corporates, there's a corporate need and there's a need of the startup. So it's quite clear the startup needs funding to move forward with their project. In the case of Pearson's, what were they getting out of it? So they get to test uh, innovative business ideas, uh, but they don't have to actually own those ideas. They can work within, with an innovation partner, which in that case would be unreasonable, for example. So they would give uh, money and support to unreasonable to run their programs. But at the same time, if they see something that ticks all the right boxes and can make a huge impact, they all of a sudden got to know this new partner by working with an intermediary. And they can, um, so basically they are, they're part of the, they're part of, how can I say, I wouldn't say the pipeline, but all of a sudden they get to know 10 new small businesses that um, are going to have a massive impact on literacy rates, either in specific countries, or on specific sectors. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't know them before because for Pearson, it, it may be very difficult to make lots of mini connections happen. They go through um, a partner to make those connections happen. No, that's great because then at least it gives. Uh, it's nice to have that clarity of how that relations work with a, with a specific kind of case study or um, mm -hmm. example. And you said you, you there's maybe another local example that you could provide. Yeah. So for example, we have um, the Brixton Soup Kitchen, which is one of the charities that we've supported here locally. And what they have done, they are partnering with Nando's and with Greg's and with other big businesses that have uh, lots of food available where the, the Brixton Soup Kitchen uh, is able to go to pick up food, either um, frozen food or food that's currently not being used. And they then um, collect all the food and then they're able to give it out to, to people in need um, here on a very local grassroots level. Um, they're also, they've also been enabled to start a kitchen, to start, you know, now all of a sudden they have lots of raw materials, you know, whether that's chicken legs or whatever else there is, but they were able to start a community kitchen for people to learn cooking skills and for people to um, start making food and to to um, upskill themselves vocationally, either as a as a chef or you know something like um, something a, um, a kitchen help, and um, they partnered with uh, with Nando's or with Greg's or other kind of bigger businesses to make more impact quite locally. And from that, you can see that there's employment projects happening. Uh, more people are getting fed and food produce doesn't go to waste um, and all of a sudden um, um, Bricks and Soup Kitchen is making a much bigger impact as if they were just trying to um, you know off, trying to go for food donations or clothes donations or anything else that are um, donated by individuals. Right and um, do you have any details as to how they started with those partnerships? Was it, do you know what the initial um, contact was? Yeah, there's, you know, like Brixton has an, uh, a Greg's, Brixton has a Nando's. And, you know, quite often if you get to know the local manager, if you get to know, you know, somebody local in your area, then they quite often can, uh, they quite often can refer this to their superiors, whether to a regional manager or an area manager. And this is the same like we are, we are a place-based provider and we will look also, you know, who else do we know that's a large business that works or has a, has a, um, a center or has their headquarter here in South London because they can relate much more to our area and the, the mission we're trying to achieve.
So, so, so look around you. Who's there that you could work with? And it doesn't have to be a large, large business. It can be a medium-sized um, large business that can make a difference and that you can, can work with. So I'm not always say, you know, I'm saying go for the biggest company there is. Go for, you know, for somebody that can make a difference and that you'd like to work with. That's great. Thanks for that. So I think hope, hopefully that's given people a clearer picture. Uh, again, if you have any questions, please post them on the Q&A panel on the Zoom call or on the Facebook page if you're watching by Facebook. Um, so if people want to learn more and they want to know how to do this and what it takes and maybe meet people who are doing this already, is there some, somewhere they can go and, and meet these people? Let me quickly think. Uh, so we, we've got, um, because we are really uh, um, interested in this topic and we're seeing a lot of innovation and we're seeing a lot of things happening in this sector that's quite new and it's still some, you know, it's still a sector that's trying to find its feet and how to actually do this um, partnering up and what's coming out of, um, what's coming, what, what are the benefits for, for all sides on this. So we, we've put up um, a conference, an event on the 23rd of May here in London called Beyond Good Business. And we've got uh, mission-driven businesses, we've got intermediaries, and we've got large corporate partners there who are sharing success stories, sharing case studies, but also kind of addressing the, the problematic things, um, you know, what can go wrong um, in, such, in such partnerships. So we definitely hope that we um, have many more mission-driven businesses to um, get to understand of how to build those relationships in a meaningful um, way. So yeah, 23rd of May. And uh, if they want to find out more, what's the website again? So it's beyondgoodbusiness.co.uk. Brilliant. And remind me, of, uh, remind us of the location. Uh, it's the Royal Institute in Green Park, and we are. Uh, we're running this from um, around 9 in the morning to 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And mission-driven business tickets are half price to what corporates or other people would pay. So we're, we're really keen to have as many um, entrepreneurs there as possible. Brilliant. And if you're watching this webinar, you can also get uh, a discount with the offer code. Uh, and it's BGB17webinar, all one word. If you use that, you'll get a 20% discount. Uh, and also, if uh, you'll get an email as well if you've been watching this with more details about the event and also the discount code that you can use. Great. So was there anything else you wanted to share with everyone about um, the event or anything else or what you're doing there at Hatch? Um, so yeah, we, we're really keen to, like for us, it's an experiment. We've never run an event um, in central London uh, but we've had a lot of support, a lot of uh, people said, this is really needed, it's something you know, that's different, it's something that's new, so we're quite excited um, getting it off the ground. And at the same time, we have been listening to what people in the community wanted, we have listened to what questions and challenges that they had, and um, how to address that through workshops, through um, panel discussions, through presentations, and it's going to be uh, hopefully an interactive event as such with lots of things to, to, to be taken away from it. Brilliant. So we have a question from Gail Murphy, if you'd like to answer that. Um, so she asks, uh, she has a charity organization and they need help financially. Is this something that can be provided through corporate partnerships as well? Or is it best to discuss more energy or skill swaps? Uh, both is possible. So Hatch, so we are a charity.